It is September 6, 2021. This week on the Real Estate for All podcast, some owners are turning to appliance upgrades to boost their home value. Also, the National Association of Realtors is pushing for accelerated rental assistance to be rolled out to those homeowners that are in critical need of it. Also, President Biden outlines a plan for more than 100,000 new affordable housing units to enter the market over the next couple years. In a survey, nearly half of renters fear they'll never own a home. We'll dig more into the details of why that is the case. Lastly, a new startup company aims to give people an opportunity to own a second home, how this could affect the market and how they are going about doing it. That is this week on the Real Estate for All podcast. Getting things kicked off with our first story of the week. Owners turn to appliance upgrades to boost home value. So three out of four homeowners would rather fix or replace appliances than accept a lower offer when selling their home. And this is according to a new survey of about a thousand consumers from Sync Home Services, a home warranty company. They believe upgrading appliances can add more value to their home. And on average, homeowners believe upgrading their home's appliances will increase their home's value by about $13,000. That is some sort of appliances that you are upgrading your home in to increase your value, $13,000. So about half of the homeowners surveyed said that they plan to upgrade their current appliances before selling. And they're prioritizing repairs or replacing the air conditioner, dishwasher, and water heater prior to listing their home for sale. I have to say it is appealing when you walk into a new home and you see those brand new stainless steel appliances or you see a water heater that has very little life on it. So you know it's going to have some longevity as you move into the home. These are steps that homeowners are taking that they would prefer to take rather than having a lower offer. What the purchaser is looking at is not only are they looking at new appliances, they're also looking at a warranty on these appliances. And as you said, they're looking for at longevity of these appliances. So they are looking at simplicity and ease of moving into this property with as less uh, confusion and headache as possible. So to them, it might be worth the $13,000. Moving on to our next story, the National Association of Realtors is pushing for the accelerated rental assistance rollout, which can be critical for some homeowners who are needing it, especially if they have been housing tenants who haven't been paying rent over the past year or so. So the NAR has been calling for swifter distribution of the $45 billion in federal funds from the Emergency Rental Assistance Program, which is available in every state to bring stability to the market and help avoid unnecessary evictions. So as of mid-August, only about $4.2 billion had been allocated due to delays in guidance, and this is according to the National Low Income Housing Coalition. We know this pandemic has brought a lot of hardships on everybody, and the eviction moratorium, as we discussed in previous podcasts, gave some relief to tenants and them not having to worry about being evicted for non-payment of rent. However, the homeowners who still had all the responsibilities that we spoke about with maintenance and upkeep of the home, taxes, insurance, still have to pay those things, even though there were a number of them that were not receiving any rent, uh, any rental assistance during that 
eviction moratorium while it was in place. So now that the eviction moratorium is not in place, the National Association of Realtors is really calling for a swifter distribution distribution of the 50 billion in emergency rental assistance that is provided to each state. As stated, it's only about 45 billion left, but this has been a really slow rollout considering we're over a year and a half in this pandemic and over 90% of those funds still have not been pushed out to those homeowners that need it so that they can maintain their properties and continue to provide housing for tenants who need places to live. Absolutely. And the the amount that the tenant can receive or the homeowner can receive is up to 18 months of rent, which is a good amount of rent. And so what has to happen, though, is in order for the homeowner to apply for these funds, they have to have the tenant's permission to do so. But either way, it can be directed, uh, direct deposit into the homeowner's account. But this assistant needs to be pushed and pushed. So I'm grateful to the National Association of Realtors that are pushing for this these funds to be allocated as necessary so these homeowners can get the relief that they need. As we stated in previous podcasts, about half of all of those rental properties out there are not owned by corporations. They're owned by individuals and people like your neighbors who have a second home that they're renting out or, you know, just uh, bought an investment property and they're trying to maintain that on top of their current property. So one thing I would encourage our listeners to do is to go to the website consumerfinance.gov slash rent help consumerfinance.gov slash rent help and look at the criteria and qualifications uh, so that they can determine whether or not they qualify. But please go ahead and apply for these funds. It would be great for the landlord homeowner to get to obtain these assistance. In our next story, the Biden administration announced a goal to increase the nation's affordable housing supply with 100,000 new units available for homeowners and renters over the next three years. And so to do that, the administration is calling for a number of new policies and efforts such as greater financing for manufactured homes and two to four unit properties, as well as calls for state and local government to reform zoning restrictions that are currently limiting the supply of homes. We know that affordable houses are key in this recovery. The housing market has seen a huge boost with prices going sky high, record highs in a lot of areas around the country. And a lot of the lower income buyers are getting pushed out of the market because they can't afford to pay a lot of the high prices that we're seeing throughout this pandemic, especially with the shortage that we have in supply. And generally when you have a shortage in supply, the demand is higher and therefore prices go up. And so being able to push 100,000 new homes out into, or 100,000 new units, this is a combination of uh, multi-unit properties as well as uh, single unit properties out into the market over the next three years would be huge. But just to show you how big of a hole we're in, we're millions of houses behind in terms of the shortage that we have. And over the next three years, the Biden administration's plan is to push 100,000 out. So that just gives you an idea of 
how long it's going to be to at least make a dent in trying to get caught up with building the number of homes that we need to have built and rehabbing the homes that can be rehabbed to try and add more housing to the market. And what I will uh, say right here is this past week I was attending a real estate conference and we received information that also on the table along with these affordable homes that the Biden uh, administration is proposing is the comeback of first-time buyers down payment assistance. Uh, and there is an amount attached to that. Now, granted, this is not law yet, but it is attached to this proposal and the Biden administration is committed to continuously making a dent in that shortage that we have for homes. So with the home buyers uh, assistance, uh, down payment assistance, that would be huge as well. And I think it would help boost the market. But then people say, well, we don't have any homes out there. But what we also know is on the table uh, for approval is that builders will be given incentives to build low income homes. And so with them doing that and with this, so I think if we can get this passed uh, our, uh, through Congress, we might begin to see some relief coming. Charlie Opler, who is the president of the National Association of Realtors, is quoted saying the administration's plan to make 100,000 new homes is just a small fraction of the roughly 6 million units needed to fill the gap in housing supply. The current state of the market does not afford many Americans from low and middle, com middle income households the opportunity to purchase and own a home and continues to hold back the true potential of our market and our, and our overall economy. So we need to do more to make sure that we're not leaving out these low and middle income buyers. So programs like what you mentioned, as well as um, just whatever we can do to push you know, rehabbing homes, uh, building mm -hmm. new homes, the incentives mm -hmm. that you mentioned earlier, the uh, first time home buyers uh, program, things that we can do to help everyone achieve that goal of home ownership. In a survey conducted by LendingTree, nearly half of renters fear they'll never own a home. So most renters aspire to be homeowners, but down payment barriers have many concerned that they'll never be able to own one. And this survey was conducted uh, among 2,500 uh, consumers. So 88% of the respondents said that they rather own a home than rent. Yet 48% of renters, which is just short of half, mm -hmm. say that they worry about whether they'll be able to buy. And so down payment barriers, home prices being too high, difficulty qualifying for a mortgage due to low credit score are just some of the concerns that these respondents stated as being obstacles to them attaining home, home ownership. And I think a lot of them, uh, buyers in this market have become discouraged because of the high competition that is out there. So we add that to the list as well. And so that is holding a lot of uh, those potential homeowners from obtaining home ownership as well. But one of the things that I find interesting too is, is that student loan debt, it's another thing that's hindering buyers from being able to purchase. So I think there is, needs to be some adjustment made in how student loans play into the part of 
a person being able to qualify. And I think some adjustments are being made, but we definitely don't want that to be a stumbling block for someone purchasing a home. Prior to the pandemic, there may have been a bigger case for some of the people who were in favor of renting due to the fact that uh, particularly with uh, my generation and millennials, uh, not holding jobs for decades, but you know, you work a job for a few years and then you might go on to a different job or a better job. And so you may have to move around with that. With the new things that we're seeing now brought on by the pandemic, which is remote work and being able to work virtually or work from home, now that concept of home ownership has begin to shine a little bit brighter in people's minds because now it's like, okay, I don't have to move from place to place to place. I can settle somewhere, be there. And there is a large opportunity of jobs available to me, which will allow me to work from home. And so a lot of renters see the value in home ownership over renting, particularly post pandemic with you know the ability to do what they want with the space in which they live which when you're renting you're you're limited in some of the things that you can do mm -hmm. but um when you own a home it, it's yours to do a lot more with and um, not having to worry about renewing leases which sometimes that rent will increase you know with each renewal um just because a lot of other things increase the cost of living i think the average uh inflation uh, as to the increase as well with, I think inflation is about 2% or two and a half percent a year. So a lot of things that add to that, but when you have a home, your mortgage, assuming you get a fixed rate 30 year or 15 year mortgage, that mortgage is the same every single year that you pay it. You can choose to pay more, but if you pay the minimum, that minimum will be the same over the course of that fixed rate 30 or 15 year mortgage. So I think with the remote work coming into uh, more prominence during the uh, during the pandemic, it has really opened a lot of people's eyes to see more of the benefits of owning a home and being able to settle where you want to settle, live somewhere that might not be as expensive as some of the major cities around the country, but you can live somewhere that maybe is a little bit quieter, maybe a little bit more affordable, get a little bit more for your money and still work the job that you want to work, which is fulfilling for you. And now I think because of the pandemic as well, they see the value in homeownership and how they can build wealth because they're seeing how the homeowners are using it to build wealth. And once you're in that home day after day after day, working there, living there, playing there, you get a different perspective, I think. And over a long period of time, I'll just tack this on, your money goes into the value of the home uh, so if you're staying in one spot for 10 years and you pay rent for 10 years, at the end of that, you just move out and you're on your way. But in a home, 10 years of that mortgage, a portion of that is being paid towards the principal on the home. So if you choose to sell that home, you can get some of that money back that you put into the house. Mm -hmm. um, if you choose to rent that home out, However much longer you have left on that mortgage, eventually that home will be paid off and you get to the point to where now that rent money just becomes pocket money for you. It goes directly into your bank account. You have a little bit set aside so that you can maintain the home, pay taxes on the home, insurance on the home. 
But now what you're able to recoup from renting out that home or selling it is a lot more than if you were to just over that 10 year period pay rent the whole time and then you just walk away you know, freely, but you don't really have anything because you weren't paying into something that you owned. Building wealth. Building wealth. <laughs> Building wealth. So for our last story of the day, there is one startup that is less than a year old, but it is aiming to give people a, sec a chance at second home ownership. The name of this startup is Picasso. That's spelled P-A-C-A-S-O. It was founded by two people who are former Zillow executives. Their whole goal is to aim to give people an opportunity at owning a second home. And how they're doing this is by creating each home as its own LLC. And you can own a piece of a home along with other people who join in as well. So if you're familiar with how timeshares work, you buy into yes. a timeshare and basically you're paying for Too what oftentimes can be a two week slot of <laughs> a year that you can live in, mm -hmm. you know, use, utilize this timeshare or this vacation property to vacation in or whatever. And this is similar to that, but a little bit different because you you're actually owning a piece of the home as they put it. So, they have it that you would be able to spend a portion of the year in this actual unit that you own a piece of, along with, you know, a bunch of other people that would buy into that property as well. And it gives you the opportunity to own a second home at a lower, more affordable price. And you'd be able to, again, stay there or utilize the property for however many days out of the year. And what I, what I find interesting about this uh, concept is, as you mentioned, timeshares, you're purchasing time in that unit. Here you're purchasing ownership. You're purchasing ownership of the property, which means that if the LLC decides to sell that property, guess what? You're getting a portion of the profits of the equity in it. So not only have you enjoyed that property as a second home, a property you would not have potentially been able to afford on your own. but with a group of you putting your funds together, you're able to. So I, I see it as another way of building wealth. It's definitely another way that you can capitalize on building wealth, uh, earning some extra income, because they also put that having this second home or vacation home, they're also giving an alternative option to rent out the property as mm -hmm. well during that time frame that you're allocated to be able to utilize that property. So let's say that's 30 days out of the year or 40 days out of the year that you can utilize that property. A lot of people don't take 30 days in a year for vacation. Let's say you decide to stay there for a week or two weeks and you still have 25 days left that you can stay there. And you're like, you know what, let me rent out that property for the rest of those 25 days and make some you know, income on that to put a little bit more money back in your pocket. So there are some options with this. I will say it's not something that is pleasing to everybody. Right. There are some <laughs> some some things that are rubbing people the wrong way. You have some people in neighborhoods and communities that don't want another quote unquote short term rental like property in their neighborhood. I say like because 
because of how they fall they're technically not a short-term rental because the people that are able to use it actually own a piece of the property and they don't fall into the timeshare because again they they're not owning time they're owning a piece of the property which is its own llc and so it's falling into this new zone that we're seeing pop up and some people are not wanting to see this constant rotation of people in their neighborhood or traffic or whatever it may be. And that's understandable. If you go into a neighborhood, you want stability. You want to know who is around you and you do not want an influx of people coming and going. I understand that. However, in this, as we move forward with technology and accessibility to areas and things of that nature, I think we're going to see more of this. I do believe that you might start to see homeowners association begin to integrate in their covenants and not allow these types of properties, however they are able to do that. But at the same time, I think that it is, it is something that is going to be up and coming. And I believe sometimes you just can't stop forward movement. So the way that this works, um, for those who might still be a little bit fuzzy on mm -hmm. how, how this is able to happen, the way that it works is that Picasso purchases a home either outright or they'll purchase shares in a home. And the company then partners with local real estate agents to make to market the properties. And they sell share after they have the homes, they'll sell shares of the home from one eighth of a percentage up to you know a greater percentage of the home. And so for people who might not understand how shares work, they're basically just a portion of a larger whole. So if you were to, if you had a home and you have to split that home between four people, you could say that there are four shares of that home, each share is worth 25%. Um, so if you own one share, you own 25% of that home. And that's kind of the approach that they're taking with this. They purchase a home outright or they purchase uh, shares in a home and they turn around and sell shares of a home to whoever may be interested in owning a second home. And that person that purchases those shares, you now purchase a percentage of that property that you own and you have rights to that property and you're allowed to utilize that property for a certain period of time throughout the year, either to for your personal use or you can rent it out or whatever may have you. But right now they are pretty much on the West Coast. Their plans for them to move to the East Coast and to Europe and to Mexico and to the Caribbean. And these are vacation spots that they are going to right now. So be interesting and be something to watch for sure. How much does this actually impact us trying to dig ourselves out of the hole that we're currently in with trying to put more homes back on the market for people to buy and for people to rent as tenants? But, well, I understand that concern. However, what I see is, is that right now there's approximately 100 million second homes around the world. And with the majority of those homes, they are already vacant. 10 to 11 months a year because the homeowner is only there, as you stated earlier, for a few weeks out of the year or month. So it's 
These are homes that are not being rented anyway. Plus, these are homes in the price point that are usually not the type that you just rent out. Well, we'll definitely keep tracking how this develops and we'll keep our listeners informed as well so that uh, they are abreast of whatever changes are taking place in the real estate market. So with that, that is all that we have for you this week. Thank you for tuning in. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Rate us and review us, good or bad. Let us know what you like and how we can improve. Cynthia and myself are affiliated with Alert, a licensed real estate brokerage and real estate school. So whether you're looking to buy and sell a home or become a licensed salesperson or broker, we hope you'll give us the opportunity to help you achieve those goals. Just looking for free information? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter please visit the website at alertpropertiesre.com. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing.